welcome to Weight Loss for Dentists. I'm Dr. Natanya Brown, a board-certified endodontist and certified life and weight coach. I'm on a mission to help dentists live at their goal weight without relying on deprivation or willpower or even intense workouts. If you want to start making more mindful choices so that you can lose weight permanently and have fun in the process, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, and welcome again for another episode. (laughs) All right. So today we're talking about sugar, and I have so much to say that we're going to dive right in. We are going to cut to the chase. We're not going to do any small talk, no updates, straight to the chase. (laughs) All right. So what's the deal with sugar? We all love it. Well, most of us anyway, right? A lot of us feel like we crave it. Some of us feel like, you know, life just would not be as sweet without it. Um, Some of us just don't feel in control around it. So what do we do about sugar and specifically when we are trying to lose weight? Is sugar a horrible thing? Are we allowed to eat it? Can we learn how to eat it in moderation in a quantity that suits our bodies? This is what we're going to talk about today. And my friends, before we go any further, I really need to make a very important distinction. When I talk about sugar today, I'm talking about any added sugars in the diet. I'm not talking about carbs. So I want you to be really careful because a lot of us tend to interchange these words like they're the same thing and they really aren't. Carbohydrates are a fundamental component uh, or macronutrient, if you will, that our bodies need. They're found in a lot of different types of foods and they can be naturally occurring, okay? This is very different than talking about added sugars, okay? So it's very different, the impact that each of these have on our bodies. So in today's episode, we're talking about added sugars. I'm gonna get into some more specific examples here in a moment, but as I'm talking about them, I want you to think about foods in your diet that have added sugars. So that does not include, you know, potatoes or rice or pasta. It could potentially involve bread. Um, but I don't want you to think carbs in general, carbs as a greater, um, you know, category. I'm talking about added sugars. Okay. Are we on the same page? All right, here we go. So in order to understand sugar and its impact on our bodies, we really need to start to understand what's actually happening first inside our brains. Okay, now stay with me. I promise you're going to see how this is totally relevant to weight loss. So here's the deal. When you eat an apple, yeah, it's yummy. And it releases dopamine in your brain when you're eating, which is fantastic. That's, you know, a good thing. Um, Most of us enjoy eating. And that's really a good thing because to stay alive, we need to be eating. Okay, but what's happened is that over the last couple hundred years in our industrialized society is that we've started to tinker with foods. Okay, I'm not here to judge it. I'm just pointing out what's going on. And often we're not eating foods in their natural state. Right. So very frequently we may be consuming foods that have been processed or that have been altered in some manner instead of just eating the food in its natural state. 
Okay, so for example, if we eat an apple, it releases a normal amount of dopamine in our brain, we enjoy it, and that's great. But then what happens is that we have created or there exists such a thing as apple juice, right? Apple juice is delicious, and it actually releases way more dopamine in your brain, okay? Now, as if that's not enough, we also take that apple, turn it into apple juice, and then we take that apple juice and we concentrate it and use that to sweeten other types of foods, like, you know, maybe muffins, for example, right? Um, Now, that muffin may contain a lot of other types of sugars besides apple juice concentrate, um, but apple juice concentrate is an example of a type of sugar, right, that is originally from a food in its natural state, and yet it has been, um, uh, you know, processed and manufactured to the point where now it is not just releasing a normal amount of dopamine or a natural amount of dopamine in your brain. Now it's releasing even more dopamine, right? So you may eat the muffin and your brain, it's its like, you know, dopamine fireworks are going off because more dopamine is like even more enjoyable, Okay. This, my friends, is the actual reason why most of us don't go to the break room and go to town eating broccoli when we're stressed out, right? I mean, look, if if you do that, then please reach out to me. I want to meet you. But the vast majority of us are not overeating broccoli when we're stressed out. When we're stressed out, a lot of us are looking for dopamine, right? And so we're gravitating, on average, we're gravitating towards foods and drinks that are going to yield the most dopamine. And alcohol, no question, that is going to release tons of dopamine in your brain, okay? So at this point, I really want to just pause and acknowledge that sugar is, it's virtually everywhere. It's almost in every kind of packaged food you can buy. I'm I'm obviously exaggerating, but here's the, the thing is that as dentists, we know that sugar isn't so great for our teeth, right? Um, but it's really time that we acknowledge that it's not necessarily the best for our bodies. Now, I googled, um, you know, sugar, and I found at least different, like at least 60 different names for sugar, okay? Sugar comes in a lot of different forms, right? So when we look at labels on food, we need to get really um, aware of the fact that sugar isn't always going to be called sugar, right? I'm going to just list out a, a handful that I found. Agave, barley malt, beet sugar, brown sugar, cane juice, carob sugar, castor sugar, I've never heard of that one, coconut palm sugar, coconut sugar, corn syrup, date sugar, dehydrated cane juice, dextrin, dextrose, evaporated cane juice, fructose, fruit juice concentrate, glucose, of course there's high fructose corn syrup, honey, maltodextrin, maltol, maltose, mannose, maple syrup, maple syrup, molasses, palm sugar, turbinado sugar, raw sugar, rice syrup, sucrose, sucrose, and then of course just sugar. Um, This was seriously, like I had such a long list, I condensed that down like you have no idea. Seriously, I mean the list is, is almost infinite. And so because sugar is in so many foods, even foods that you wouldn't even expect, It's very important for us to become detectives in reading labels. It's going to just help you to understand, 
how much sugar are you actually consuming? And of course, we know the obvious offenders like soda and juice and candy. And as dentists, we're acutely aware of these things. But what about the less obvious things, right? Like, would you consider conducting a little sugar audit on yourself to really discover how much added sugar is truly in your diet? Um, You know, a lot of us think that we don't consume that much sugar. You might not even be in the habit of eating dessert daily or frequently, uh, but you might actually be surprised by how much added sugar, uh, maybe in the bread that you're eating, for example, or in condiments or dressings or, or sauces or marinades, right? And what's so interesting is that, you know, not only is sugar and all of its forms or cousins, not only is sugar in nearly all kinds of foods, but we've actually become become very accustomed to a high degree of sweetness, okay? And as you get used to a certain amount of sweetness in your foods, then you're also, by default, getting used to a certain amount of dopamine, right? Dopamine being released as you're eating. So, for example, if you were to eat something that doesn't have as much sugar in it, you may even find it unpalatable, okay? Because you're used to the amount of dopamine that you're getting from um, you know, however, whatever type of food you may be currently getting. Okay. So then what happens is once we're used to a certain amount of sweetness, our body actually, our brain actually starts getting uh, like down regulating the amount of dopamine that it's releasing. And what I mean by that is that we will need more sugar and more sugar to release the same amount of dopamine. Okay, this is how we will eventually start to want things a little sweeter and a little sweeter. And we want more of it, right? Not just one serving, but maybe multiple servings. And it's like this vicious cycle where basically the more sugar we're consuming, the more sugar we will want to consume and need to consume to get the same experience in our brain, right? The same amount of um, dopamine. So essentially, there's two parts, like two critical pieces that create the desire for sugar, okay? There's the physiologic part, which is what I'm talking about with the dopamine that's being released in your brain from the actual, you know, food that you are choosing to eat, okay? And then there's the psychological part, and that's really more about how we're thinking and how we're talking about the object of desire or the type of food that we're wanting to eat. And it also starts to mold and and create the relationship that we actually have with sugary foods. So we have control over the types of foods that we eat and therefore the amount of dopamine that we get from them. In other words, you drink alcohol, you're going to have a certain amount of dopamine released in your brain. It's just chemistry. The dopamine feels good. You want more. And it's the same with sugary foods, right? You eat sugar and most of us enjoy the taste because of that dopamine again. And again, you just want more. But then there's that psychological part of the desire, which is really how are you talking about food, right? Like, are you talking about it in a way where you are allowing yourself to have control over the food? Or are you telling yourself that you, for example, have a sweet tooth 
And you might be then thinking that your weakness is brownies or donuts or cake, right? Ice cream, whatever the case may be. And I'm here to just tell you, you need to stop it. If that's you, if you believe you have a sweet tooth, you need to stop telling yourself this. You aren't weak. You are a normal human being and humans like food that release dopamine. Okay. That's totally normal. So I want you to really just take some inventory. How is it that you're talking about sweets or thinking about sweets in your mind, right? And are you telling yourself that you have a sweet tooth? I cannot tell you the quantity of people that tell me like every week that they have a sweet tooth. And it's so hilarious to me because as dentists, like we know for a fact that there is no such thing as a sweet tooth. A few weeks ago, I had the honor of giving a presentation at Yankee Dental Congress uh, out in Boston. And I asked all of the people that attended, all the people in the crowd, I asked them to raise their hands if they thought that they had a sweet, sweet tooth. And I'm not kidding, at least a quarter of the people in the room raised their hands. Now, maybe there were more people that were too shy to raise their hands, whatever. This is obviously not a scientific study, but what it tells me is that a fair amount of dental health care providers, dental health care professionals believe that they have a sweet tooth. And when in fact, we all know that they do not exist, right? Like maybe I missed that day in dental anatomy, but come on. A sweet tooth does not exist. This is preposterous. So I need to stop here and ask you, do you believe that you have a sweet tooth? I truly want you to stop for a second. And if you do believe it, it's okay to stop and just acknowledge that potentially every day when you come home from work, maybe you do want something sweet. Maybe in the afternoon as a pick-me-up or after dinner, you want something sweet because it's yummy and it's fun. Whatever the case may be, you can acknowledge that you want sugar, right? That you have moments when, when you enjoy sugar. But it's another thing entirely to say, well, see, I have this condition and it's called a sweet tooth, right? And it makes it seem like you have no control over the fact that you want to eat sugar. It's kind of like this little gremlin, like a little pet that you have to feed it. Otherwise it's going to get mad, right? We don't want to anger the sweet tooth. It's this, you're turning it into this unchangeable thing that you have to do as if it were like written into your DNA that you have a sweet tooth. And that's just simply not the case. And the more you tell yourself that you have a sweet tooth, the less in control you're going to feel around foods with added sugar, period. That's just how it is, okay? So what are things that you can tell yourself instead? You could totally tell yourself that you enjoy dessert. You can tell yourself you like eating something sweet from time to time, but you get to choose if you're going to have it or not. You could tell yourself, I am capable of having a few bites of something and being done. If that doesn't even feel believable for you, you could try this instead. I'm learning how to have a few bites and be done. You could tell yourself, I am in control of how much sugar I eat. The actual food item doesn't have control over me. Again, I just want to reiterate, it's normal to enjoy eating sugar. Again, sugar releases dopamine in the brain. You could tell yourself, I am a normal human being. The vast majority of human beings enjoy eating foods that contain sugar. See how you can actually keep it neutral and 
in truth, you get to believe whatever you want about yourself. And because that's the case, why not pick thoughts that really help you towards your goal? So my friends, as I conclude today's episode, I really want you to think about like, can you take an inventory or an audit of like, where are you consuming sugar uh, throughout your average day or throughout your average week? If you are totally aware of where you're getting uh, consuming sugar, then kudos to you. If you're not, then this is an invitation to do an audit, like take a few days and really pay attention. Where might you be consuming sugar? And, and this is really a topic for another um, podcast, but I want you to then be able to notice, like, is this even worth it? Like, did I even know that sugar was this, it was in this? And is this how I want to be actually consuming my sugar, for example? Um, am I deriving a ton of pleasure out of this? So again, we're going to save that whole part of things for another future episode. But I really want to invite you to, to start to take stock of where in your diet, you may be consuming added sugars. And from there, you can start to decide what is working for you, what isn't really working for you so well, and what kind of tweaks do you want to be making. This is also, before I wrap up, an invitation to really think about like who you are in the process of becoming, who you want to become. Think about the future version of yourself and what kind of relationship with sweets and sugar does that person have. It's really easy for for a lot of us to go to that place of all or nothing thinking. Like, I just need to get rid of it from my diet entirely, and that's how I'm going to lose weight. And so for a lot of us, we may be motivated to do those types of, um, you know, to make those kind of choices, um, you know, for a period of time. But ultimately, most of us, and I'll tell you, the vast majority of people that I work with within Weight Loss for Dentists they tell me, they come to me telling me that they feel out of control around food. They feel like food is a weakness. I'm telling you, a lot of them tell me that they have a sweet tooth. <laughs> we nip that one right in the bud. And essentially, a lot of them, what they tell me is that their ideal vision for their themselves and their goal for themselves is that they get to a point where they can enjoy sweets and yet they don't feel totally out of control. They can have a few bites and be done with it. They can really be mindful about the types of foods that they're going to eat um, and give themselves permission to eat that do contain some added sugars. They can enjoy them and be done with it and not feeling like they're just out of control and needing to eat, uh, you know, a, a much larger quantity than, than they want. And so this is how they learn how to minimize regrets and learn how to eat certain yummy foods in moderation. So I would invite you to think about like, who is it that you want to become? Who are you in the process of becoming? What are the lessons that you want to take away from this podcast episode that you can start to put into practice this week that will help you, um, you know, work towards becoming the person that you want to become. Okay, my friends. So I hope that today's episode has been super, super helpful for you. I hope you have a fantastic week and I will talk to you next week. Hey, if you're ready to start taking action towards permanent weight loss, then go download my five secrets where I'll teach you the top five things to lose weight and keep it off without resorting to restrictive diets, deprivation, or even intense exercising. Go to drnatanya.com forward slash start. That's drnatanya.com forward slash start to get started. 
it's time to make your weight loss goal a reality 